Let's get to the listening lunch. The listening lunch is where we play the audio clips that you need to hear. And we discuss them. We do it every day for your lunchtime here on Ken Levick Alive. And uh, let's start with Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott, after the game, the loss to the 49ers on Sunday, he was very anti-official. He was very anti-referee. He believed that despite the fact he decided to take off and run with 14 seconds left and the clock ran down and there was no final play for the Cowboys, that was the official's fault. So much so that after the game, he was asked about fans throwing garbage and debris on the field. We thought maybe at first glance they were targeting Cowboys players, but it turned out it looked like the fans were aiming towards the officials. It was brought up to Dak Prescott, and this was his response. I think they were aiming at the referees. Yeah. Yeah, they so that is a media member saying, oh, I, we think they were throwing him at the, the officials. And Dak Prescott goes, oh, well, I'll credit to them. Credit them. Credit to the fans for throwing that at the officials. That inherently, for a quarterback, for a leader, mm-hmm. for that team, mm-hmm. that's a terrible look, right, Jeanette? It's really low. It's not classy. That's not how you react after a pretty bad loss. And a loss that is on <clears throat> you. Yeah, oops. Dak Prescott was way more to blame than anything with the officials in that game. The officials didn't screw up the time management. The officials, in fact, were trying to save Dak's backside by rushing in there to get a touch on the ball in order to snap it, in order to spike it with one solitary second on the clock. But because Dak didn't pull up seven yards earlier because he didn't have awareness of where the clock was and maybe not even stone awareness of the rule about the ball having to be set by an official, he's going to... He's going to put that out there. Could you in your wildest dreams at Southern Illinois, last year you guys made a deep playoff run. Could you imagine going after the officials like that as the team leader quarterback? I mean, it's so hard for me to think about when you ask me that because even in college, that is something we practiced. On mm-hmm. Fridays in walkthrough, it was always at least one or two plays where we would be running hurry up and you would run the ball to a referee. Usually we had a GA out there or somebody standing as the referee, but a receiver would catch the ball and run immediately to the GA, and he was the ref, and he would put it down. So, like, we practice that on a weekly basis. So, for a dude making millions of dollars, playing for the most important team, I think, in the country, yeah. in, 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 in the Dallas Cowboys, I mean, how do you not know that? Like, that's the bigger question. Like, how, who, how, you guys never went over that? The thing is, it, yeah, exactly. And it's on him. It's on him. If you're not willing to take that responsibility immediately after the game, and I understand being disappointed. I understand the shock of losing the way that the the Cowboys did. And the Cowboys were let back into that game by some boneheaded stuff from the 49ers. But to take no accountability Mm -hmm. after the game, he's a veteran. This isn't young Dak anymore. This is a veteran. That's so immature. It is immature, petty, lack of ownership, lack of accountability. And after that, it seemed like a bunch of excuses, Mm -hmm. and that is exactly why you lost. Own up to it. And period. Move on. If I jumped on this show and I, in the middle of a rant, just busted out the F word, and then I go, oh, Jeanette was distracting me. That's not acceptable. My name's on this show. Mm -hmm. I'm the host of this show. Jeanette comes in out of the goodness of her heart to co-host with me at least once a week, and I'm going to sit here and say Jeanette was distracting me, and that's why I dropped an F word 
and I've been a radio veteran for 15 years now. That's lame. And that would make me look at you as the leader of this, that I look as a mentor. You'd look at me much differently. Not not in a positive light. Yeah, yeah, right, you, right. Lose, you lose a, a level lot of respect. Of respect. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, so what about this? 17 hours ago, Dak Prescott on Twitter. Okay. That was a mistake on my behalf, and I am sorry. Period. That's it? That's well, it. he went further. He went further, though. There are a couple of tweets here. I'll read the whole thing <laughs> oh. in its entirety. That was the last of three. That was the last of three. So, oh, okay. So here we go. Dak Prescott. I deeply regret the comments I made regarding the officials after the game on Sunday. I was caught up in the emotion of a disappointing loss, and my words were uncalled for and unfair. I hold the NFL officials in the highest regard and have always respected their professionalism in the difficulty of their jobs. The safety of everyone who attends a game or participates on the field of a sporting event is a very serious matter. That was a mistake on my behalf, and I am sorry. Those are the three tweets. Because it's not just him criticizing officials. It was him condoning stuff being thrown at the officials. And that's the level that was absolutely unnecessary. Yeah, there was a truly, line that was crossed. Absolutely. If you truly respect the refs that you say it, you said so, then you would not have you would not allow or antagonize or instigate anything being thrown. Actually, you shouldn't throw anything at anybody. Yeah, agreed. Period. Agreed. Point blank. Agreed. If you're Dak, I suppose though it's better late than never acknowledging that. And he doesn't have he didn't have a press conference setting to be able to 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 convey those thoughts so i'm okay with it being on twitter i do think that that's well thought out and i think those words that he tweeted out do mean something and the fact that he addressed him condoning the debris being thrown at the officials and said that was wrong i i think that maybe i can give dak a pass on this one in the moment it was wrong extremely wrong immature makes people think a different way about dak prescott i know it did me i know it did jeanette but the words on Twitter, I'm at least willing to give him a little bit benefit of the doubt now. Yeah, especially with him, like, he stays out of trouble. He doesn't. It seems like might have been a slip out of character that mm-hmm. he said, "Oh, I guess I'll take. I guess if you throw things at the refs, it's okay." But and that yeah. was a terrible impression of Dak. That was really. Hey, I'm Doug Prescott, quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys. Do do do. I play sports. <laughs> I get millions sports of dollars. Sports ball throw. Yeah. <laughs> I, I actually love your Dak Prescott impression. Forget that. I'm not wiping it out. I hope you use that Dak voice every time we talk about I'm just going to, every time I do an impression of a quarterback, that's exactly what the, I'm going to do. Your quarterback impression is perfect. Uh, Ken Levick alive. It is the listening lunch here on ESPN 106.3. This is the 20-year anniversary Woo. of the tuck rule. The snow in Foxborough, Tom Brady tucking the football, but his arm was coming forward, according to the officials, keeping the Patriots' season alive, leading to a game-time field goal and overtime where the Patriots would beat the Raiders in the AFC Divisional Round. The Cinderella story of Tom Brady really began there. Evan Cohen, Tom Brady's biggest fan, even Jeanette, Cannot argue that. No. Tom Brady's biggest fan. Evan Cohen is 11.55 a.m. show today. One of two here on ESPN 106.3. The other coming at 5.55. Discussed the tuck rule. Brady, the Patriots, and whether or not Brady and the Patriots as we knew them would have existed if not for the tuck rule. Imagine if the tuck game didn't happen, or imagine if the Jets didn't knock out Drew Bledsoe, maybe Tom Brady and the Patriots in this run over the last 20 years, which obviously is not going currently, but you get the point. Maybe it doesn't exist the way it does. Are we going to be that dumb? Like, I've already heard this today. Are we going to be that dumb 
that we're going to tell you that a team that won six Super Bowls together and a quarterback that's won seven, that he wouldn't have found his way to success or they wouldn't have found their way to success if not for that specific play, if not for that controversial play with Charles Woodson and with Tom Brady, the college teammates on either sides there at Michigan, that if that doesn't happen, if 20 years ago today that does not happen, well then, you know what? We wouldn't even know Tom Brady's name. They would have been eliminated. They never win a Super Bowl. Do you realize how much they won? Like, do you have any idea how much they won? At some point in sports, we have to sit back and say that, like, yes, things happen for a reason, but if that reason didn't happen, do you not think that there's some level of success? Like, okay, so if Michael Jordan and Phil Jackson were not paired together in Chicago, you don't think Michael would have had some success if Portland took him over Sam Bowie or Houston took him over Akeem Olajuwon? You don't think Michael Jordan would have found a level of success outside of Chicago? Like, really? In a really? Stunning. I mean, give me a break. Stunning turn of events. So, yes, that tuck rule helped the Patriots. Uh-huh. Yes, Drew uh-huh. Bledsoe, unfortunately, getting hurt and, and pushing Tom Brady into a starting lineup uh-huh. helped the Patriots. Yes. But at some point, there's a level of, su- of success in life and in sports that surpasses coincidence, that surpasses, oh, wow, they got a great call in that spot. Uh-huh. At some point, it's just, you know what, that guy, that gal, that team, that combination is so good they would have just found another way of getting to that place. Yep. That's the reality behind it. There's Evan. Shocking that he took that stance. The Patriots dynasty would have happened tuck rule or not. Even that was a little extra to me. <laughs> so here's your point. And now to the counterpoint with our Raiders insider here on Ken Levick Alive. Why is he our Raiders insider? Because he's the only Raiders fan I know. Brian <laughs> McLevin Rowitz joins us now for the counterpoint. He was on... The wrong end of the tuck rule game all the way back in the year 2001. McLovin, uh, sorry uh, for the 20-year anniversary of this day. When you woke up this morning, what were some of your recollect, uh, recollections of that dark day 20 years ago? It annoys me still to this day. Every time I see it come up on this year and seeing the highlights, to the point where today I wonder, you know, the 30 for 30 trailer comes out about it. I don't even know if I can put myself through that to watch that. Because, like, it goes back, I was 14 at the time, so it's one of those t- things where, like, there's a formula of sports years, and I remember yeah. l- literally leaving a birthday party, we went, we were supposed to go to the movies, and I told my friends, like, no, sorry, like, I'm going home, Raiders Patriots, divisional round, like, having my friends pick me up to go home and watch that game, and it still hurts to this day, and I think part of that is because, well, the Raiders have been sort of a trash franchise those last 20 years as well, so... Happy Tuck Roll Day, everyone. Yeah, yeah. So obviously still bitter about this. Are, <laughs> are you ever going to get over it? And how how long did it take you initially to be able to function again after that game concluded with a field goal? I don't see myself really ever getting over it unless somehow, some way, I ever see a Super Bowl win in my lifetime. Because the next year they went to the Super Bowl and, like, got outplayed and then got outcoached, which, whatever. Like, the Bucks are the better team in that game, whereas... This one is always that what if, that like, oh, look at how good they were. If they call that correctly, they move on, and maybe that's their best shot to win a Super Bowl. But instead it's always, oh, well, maybe, like maybe that was the team that should have been in the Super Bowl. So, no, I don't know if I can ever get over it. Uh, Raiders insider on Ken Levick Alive, Brian Rowitz. Brian McLovin Rowitz here on ESPN 106.3. Uh, Jeanette is someone who has adopted 
Tom Brady and all of mm-hmm. his accomplishments. Yes. How annoying is that for you in light of the 20th anniversary of the Tuck Rule game? 100%. Like, Evan can talk about, like, oh, yeah, he would have eventually gotten there, but they wouldn't have gone to him if Bledsoe doesn't get hurt. And if they don't win a Super Bowl, how do you know they don't go back to Bledsoe in that situation? And, yes, in that situation, maybe we never find out who Tom Brady is. Maybe Belichick thinks he's the smartest guy in the room. He sticks with Bledsoe. He goes somewhere else. So, yes, that is a key part to this dynasty and him never going away and him winning the next 17 Super Bowls. But that is a big part of it. So we can't say, oh, it had nothing to do with it because it did. Like, Belichick didn't say, hey, I'm drafting Tom Brady. He's my starter. He was forced into Tom Brady's starter, and then everything else lined up perfectly. Final question for our Raiders insider, Brian mclevin Rowitz: Was it an incomplete pass or a fumble? It was a fumble. That's why the picture is clear as day of him holding the ball. Like, based on the way everyone interprets it, if you pump fake, you're immune from fumbling the rest of that play. Like, that's what quarterbacks should have been doing, according to the tuck rule. You start the play, you pump fake, and now you can't fumble the rest of the way. Yes, it was a fumble. Okay. And that's on the record. And next week, our Raiders insider, Brian mclevin Rhodes will join us to discuss what Derek Carr was thinking, throwing into triple coverage on the final play <laughs> of last week's playoff game. Uh, McLovin, uh, again, we're thinking about you on this dark day. Um, please try and find a way to make it through, okay? Thanks, guys. That is Brian mclovin Rhodes, our Raiders insider here on Ken Levick Alive. By the way, also doubles as our wrestling insider yes. as well. We Very are. busy man. Uh-huh. <laughs> it, it doesn't take much to become an insider on this show. Ken Levick alive here on ESPN <laughs> 106.3. She's Jeanette Javier. I am Ken Levick. Ken Levick alive presented by the FAU MBA Sport Management Program. FAU.edu slash MBA Sport.